to Box to Box, the podcast opening up the world of classical music, one beer at a time. That's right, classical music and beer, the two things that go together like ham and... Tax returns. <laughs> we are they go together great. You've never do. tried it? No. It's like you do a tax return. I pay someone to do my tax returns. Do you give them I've ham? Never. No. And if so, is it like a fully cooked ham? <laughs> we, we are in the, taste, in the tap room. Tap room. Uh, the tap room at Bissell Brothers. In Portland, Maine, and it is, we're just surrounded by the most brilliant artwork. It's pretty sexy. It, and, and, and stainless steel as well. It's, it's Which amazing. is artwork. Which is artwork in itself. In itself. <laughs> and, and, we, and we are here with uh, Pete Bissell, who is one of the two Bissell brothers, uh, who does all the marketing and social media and everything, and design and Everything's other things too, but yeah, other things as yeah. well. But we'll yeah. get into all that. Yeah. In a second. <laughs> it's fitting it because their design is a B flat. Oh, it is. It is a B flat. If you see the uppercase B and lowercase B, it looks like a B flat, which is very fitting. We planned this clearly, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we are the the witty one you're hearing from is Kate Beaver uh, of Maine Music and Health, and we're going to dive in a little bit about after this uh, about your background. But the theme of today's episode is substance. And you know the substance of music, the substance of beer, substantial works in substantial in, in works. Mm-hmm. How to spell it? Just in general, I can't spell substance. it. Well. Right. And you're the one with college <laughs> education. So I went to school, out. but we thought it'd be the perfect fit since uh, since the flagship beer for Bissell Brothers is is the Substance Ale. And uh, Pete, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Uh, the substance, yeah. Uh, the substance was, I would say, in the company, the most planned out aspect of the launch, we knew that we were going to launch with one beer. It had been brewed dozens and dozens of times by Noah, tweaking it, bringing, you know, finding out what we could contract for hops. Um, people assume that beer is something that can just be made and in any, you know, in any quantity. And with beers like ours, it really boils down to agriculture. Um, these are made with plants with almost no other use called hops. And they, they, the, the, the flower of the plant um, is, a, is a small green cone. And, um, you know, the, the variety of these, these plants is, is, at this point, incredibly diverse. And the different varieties yield a plethora of different flavors. For beers like this, the hops are expensive and they're very finite. There's a certain amount of these plants grown and the, the process through which you reserve yours and contract them is a war zone. And Noah's done it excellent job for such a young company to have access to the hops that we do going into our third year is, is phenomenal, but you can't just make more. Um, so needless to say, we were nobodies and had to contract these hops to make the substance sale. Substance is a mix of uh, Centennial, which is a super common uh, variety in the United States. Um, f- that, that You know, it's, it's one of the most easy, uh, Centennial is the easiest to get hops that produces like big results. Um, it's uh, super trademark in beers like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and um, grows extensively in the Pacific Northwest. And then you have Apollo, um, Chinook, uh, which is known for dankness. And um, the, the Falconer's Flight is the heavy hitter and the, the hard-to-get hop in substance. And it's actually a blend of seven hops oh, wow. named after a man named Glenn Falconer, which was a, who was a pioneer out in Yakima and the other in Willamette, the two big hop valleys out, out west. Um, but we planned it. Uh, we knew it was going to be called Substance. It's an um, inside joke from a road trip we took. Uh, but it also worked for the name of the beer. And we ended up, we, it, it was never going to be the only thing we brewed, but out of necessity for the first nine months of the company's existence, it's all we made. 
Um, and then we finally introduced Baby Genius in August of uh, 2014. Um, we just needed to wait for new tanks. We only had two tanks, and we needed that third one before anything else could get brewed. Um, but that helped it establish, as I feel like it, it's still a super flagship. You know, it's still what we're known for. It still commands um, devotion, and people seek it out, even though we have all these other beers. It's uh, definitely worked out, and it's definitely the benchmark of the company, well, for and sure. One of the great honors about, about Substance was that, you know, Men's Journal named it one of the best 100 beers, top 100 beers in the, in the world. In the world, right? Yeah, yeah. We did, we did that country in the world, two years running. Um, you know, we, we love accolades as much as the next person, but it really... Um, we're lucky that the brand has a presence and that the beer has, you know, developed a following for its unique flavor and taste. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I always say don't be different necessarily. Or I'm sorry, don't you don't, you don't need to be better. You, you should be distinct, different. Yeah. Chase Jarvis, a photographer I followed, uh, his his tagline is don't don't be better, be different. And um, so I guess I don't. It's not. You know, I always say, uh, but it's it's a good mantra to have. You can take it. Um, you know, there's a lot of great beer out there, but you know that. Substance is super unique in its taste. And you guys have the quote on your website underneath the, the, the ethos section where, uh, the, by Antoine Saint-Exupéry. For anyone listening, that's the guy who wrote Little Prince, which is uh, maybe the greatest book of all time. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, perfection is to achieve. Uh, perfection is uh, achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. Which uh, you guys sound like. We were just talking before we started recording. You know, you, you can put out a million beers, or you can just concentrate on a few, do them well, do them right. And, and yeah, and um, you know, the, the can was a big part of it. Um, the simplicity in the design. Um, we deliberately go against a lot of like old. I mean, marketing moves so fast now that so many of the, the pieces of advice you see are so old school. Like, according to the books or to the establishment, you could never have like a a brand without a typeface, you know, for beer, you know, but we deliberately, like, just showcase the logo, the, the mark, whenever we can. Right. Um, we, if, if people don't understand it, we don't care, you know, we're, we're putting it out there for the people that do and letting it be a statement. It's a very, you know, it, it looks loud and kind of intense in here, but it's, uh, the, 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 the structure in which we run the business is very streamlined and simple. We distribute our own beer, we do everything in-house, we only contract out when we absolutely have to, yeah. and, um, you know, just, just keeping that simplicity of, uh, company structure and it's like a it's like a cult at times but it's like a but family it. it, it's yeah but it's definitely it reflects the brewery and it yeah yeah yep. when we talked about earlier there's, there's a line out outside every every morning waiting for it to open up and and, and yeah we so. um we'd like to think that we've cultivated a nice local following of uh, repeat customers and again it's like what we're saying you know some people um, the big thing now is, well, it's not a big thing. It's being made into a big thing. But beers like uh, The Substance here and uh, Hetty Topper, which we're also drinking here, um, have a haze to them. And some beer purists are saying, oh, that's poor. You're not making the beer right. It's too – you can't see through it. You should be able to see through it. And, like, see, like, there's that little piece of hot matter in there. Um, well, we don't care. You know, it's – we got – we're serving a set of customers. We're not trying to make everyone like us. Yeah. And, uh, again, yeah. like – we live in a world of infinite choices in almost every category of products now. The internet has drastically shrunk in the world. Yeah. You can get anything you want. So companies need to drive to that edge of, hey, we're serving this group of people. It's not everyone. It's a small niche group. Everyone's kind of – I like to think of every company now is a niche company because the market – you know, we, we're a small brewery in Portland, maybe, but people know about us all over the world because – 
beer lovers share their interests and their photos online like everything else and the world becomes much smaller so we get visitors we had two guys from uh, the People's Republic of China in really? yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Um, people come from all over because they know it's easier to find your people now so uh, that's who we're selling to. We have, uh, I love our people. You know, they're, they're awesome and they support us and they've allowed us to continue to operate how we want to operate. And that, it's, it reciprocates back because they get more out of it and they take more satisfaction from it. And we need them to keep coming here so we can continue to run it the way we want to run it right. and, and so on and so on. So, but it all started with the substance, um, a wing and a prayer, um, terrifying. To, to, to launch a product. When you don't know. That? What's that? When was that? That we, we went live on December 7th in 2013. Um, after about two years of planning. The last year, you know, 2013 was, this was all, this is my life. And it, it all started with Noah Homebrewing, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Took a big liking to beer uh, while he was in college at UMaine Farmington. I was running my photo business oh, the down here. Of Farmington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's funny, the apartment he lived in uh, is. Is, is the stuff of legend now because the his his roommate Jeff uh, is a marijuana farmer or was a marijuana farmer there and um, you know again took it very seriously and that's another that's a whole other thing but there's gonna be millions to be made when that when that door gets blown open in the yeah. state um, so he was had these all these tents and grow lights and everything and again very very dedicated horticulturalist and Noah was brewing on the back deck all the time. <laughs> And um, so the new rules going forward. And the landlady found out. <laughs> she didn't care, but she set precedent. So now that house on uh, High Street, any new, any because it's all college kids that come in and out. And the the explicit rules are you can't brew or grow there. So it's like it's a it's, it's always like the house where it all started. Lease, no pets, no growing or brewing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the house that it all started in At is like stuff of legend. <laughs> Just put in, it in the uh, Farmington. Yeah. Um, that's incredible, though, and, and uh, if you haven't had the chance to be at the brewery, you know, please come out. You guys are open uh, Wednesday through Saturday, Wednesday through 12 Saturday, to 6. 12 yep. to 6, um, and, and definitely uh, come out and try the substance. But the other part of this, you know, we are talking about the substance of classical music, and yeah. uh, as, as a cellist, I, I'm a dire lover of string quartets. It's always been, whether it's rock or whether it's classical, playing in a string quartet is one of the coolest things there is. Um, it's just it's such a satisfying feeling it, it's intimate as a, as a group and but it's also just you can create so much sound with four people and when starting in high school I heard uh, Schubert's Death and the Maiden uh, Franz Schubert his name was um, and no one's named Franz anymore. Franz I, uh, Hans, I, mean, I think SNL ended that with the Hans and Franz oh. and, that, and that was they probably like you know put a, anyway the, the Death and the Maiden it's basically one of the most badass string quartets because it just starts off in your face and it has these little later moments and like relax and then it just intensifies again but I think it's one of the most it was one of the first string quartets I heard that got me really into wanting to be in a string quartet and then as also as a cellist I didn't have boring parts in that piece I had some exciting exciting parts as well so usually as a cellist is a string quartet is there a defined Four instruments. Yeah, or can it vary? It's, it's is it always the same thing? Always two violins, a viola, and a cello. Yeah, okay. Always, no matter what. Now, depending on where, whether you're from the states or across the pond, um, it's how it's set up. It's changed. So in in America, it goes in a semicircle: violin, violin, viola, cello. But in Europe, it's violin, violin, cello, viola. I know. And in the perfect world, <laughs> violin, 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 cello, 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 cello. No viola at all. <laughs> Screw the viola players. <laughs> Sorry, oh, viola players. Anyway, no, but. Uh, 
Uh, but I heard Death of the Maiden the first time, and then I got to play it multiple times, and it just, it always blows me away. It's always so much fun. Uh, and I, I'd love to share this with you guys. Because I didn't do the research. When, what was the time period? When was this? Oh, we're looking uh, at mid-1800s, uh, so it's okay. it's still... Um, it's When the men were men and the women were two. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think I find That's a, on my gravestone. Death of the, the Maiden? same thing as you. It's a pretty heavy title, isn't it? If yeah. If the part of your instrument is a good part, like you become partial to that. Because you were a percussionist. Oh, yeah. And, and we get some real boring parts. So when there's a like, percussion-heavy orchestra piece, I'm like, this is mine. Yeah. Oh, yes. We, yeah. we were just talking on the car ride over about doing Dom Spockanel with like yeah. the whole timpani yep. piece. So in, in, a, in a podcast in the future, one day. One day. But uh, take a listen to, this is uh, Death and the Maiden, the first movement, the Allegro movement, which means fast if you are not a classical music person. Uh, or if you're so, not Italian. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if, if you don't drive it, I'll trans am and have a gold chain around your neck. Um, <laughs> Yay. Anyway, take a listen to uh, uh, the first movement of uh, Death and the Maiden by Franz Schubert.
We're going to have to have a talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> so we're back after some awesome... And by the way, I forgot to mention that that version was um, not just a string quartet version. That was orca- done by a full orchestra, full string orchestra, which makes it even more epic. So you take just the basic string quartet, multiply it all. More is better. Add more is better. There was no. Nope. <laughs> I know. You just want percussion and everything. <laughs> I do. So uh, again, we're here at Bissell Brothers. Um, we're here with uh, Peter Bissell and our other, our musical guest. Uh, musical guest. Music. She'll be singing the rest. Everything else from here on out. Uh, Kate Beaver, who is the founder of Maine Music and Health. Yes. Um, Kate, uh, you got your degree and your master's in uh, psychotherapy from yes. music, psychothera- music psychotherapy. psychotherapy. You have um, a lot of letters after your name. We looked this up on Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. Like oh, what are so, your like call signs? <laughs> my call signs? PhD? Uh, no, someday. Um, right now it's M A M T B C. So it looks fancier than. So what does that actually mean? That's awesome. Just pick That's awesome. Letters. I have no, no letters. I have no letters. So That's wait. awesome. Uh, the M A is the masters, and then M T B C is the board certification, and then I also have the neurologic music therapy certificate. But I usually don't write that um, because there's some debate in my own head about whether neurologic music therapy is really the be-all, end-all of the field. And some people think it is, but I think it's good to look at each client and decide which trainings you've had work for them and go with that. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, and so, so you went, got your master's at NYU, mm-hmm. and then you wanted to bring up your skills back to Maine. Yes. And do music therapy, I mean, which really didn't fully exist. No, not it hardly existed this, at this all. This is fascinating. Um, just an aside, Kate spoke. Um, I think you had said that we might have met prior. I, I, can't, I can't recall, remember. but um, yeah. uh, I met Kate. It was like a month ago. Yeah, uh, there was a there was a talk here, and uh, Kate was one of the speakers. And really fascinating stuff. Um, this is just right up my alley. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my professional goal, I mean, obviously, is to do the work of music therapy. That's what got me interested in it in the first place. Um, but also to see the field grow in Maine because it didn't really exist. There were three music therapists in Maine before I moved here, um, and two of them actually moved away. They sort of gave up and left. And then the other one that's still here is in Surrey, which is four hours north of here. So there was no one in southern Maine doing music therapy. Um, and so it took a lot of education and like giving talks and speeches all over the state to sort of grow the possibility for myself. Um, And I actually worked as paralegal for a year while I was starting the business. So I would leave on my lunch break and go and do a music therapy session (laughs) and work on Saturdays until I felt like I had grown the And when did you officially establish Maine Music and Health? Um, 2010. Okay. And then full-time I started doing it in 2011. So it's only been about four years. You've done so much as far as like developing, and, and yeah. you know, as a music therapist, have there been patients with with cancer or autism or any disabilities? Like, is there a specific style of music, or uh, is it the physical playing of an instrument? Is it is it or the act of singing? It's, what what is it that engage uh, that heals the best? It's kind of both, um, and it's actually true if you do some research into neuroplasticity. Like when you're engaging in music, whether you're listening to it or talking about it or playing it um, or moving to it you are firing off neurons in more parts of your brain than if you're just talking or walking without music. So it motivates you because it's also engaging the memory centers and centers of emotion in your brain. So if you're working on speech, like you're working on the speech center of the brain, but all that memory that comes up with music sort of motivates you to um, participate in your own care is how we say it. So people that wouldn't want to just do um, regular therapy are often 
more interested in participating in music. And and how much? Sorry, let's go ahead. No, I was just saying, what, what's what's the spectrum of, of, of conditions you treated as a, from 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 one end to the other? Um, I, I know Alzheimer's. Yeah. I've, I first read about music therapy with Alzheimer's as far as you know, as the brain degrading, the older yeah. memories come out, so bringing up music from their childhood. Exactly. Uh, but what 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 have you That's seen? That's a big one. Um, I also have colleagues that work strictly with um, kids with autism in early intervention and even older kids with autism. But my specialty areas are actually adult um, issues with cancer, developmental disabilities, and brain injury. And then I also work a lot with um, teenagers who are at risk, either um, teen moms or um, teenagers in the adoption system, or um, just teens who are at risk of dropping out of school. and how, so, do you, how do you convince them like, to like, like, say, like this is, this is a, the avenue to go to help you? Yeah, well, it doesn't take much convincing, actually. Really? Once people see it, they see it very quickly. They see what's working, um, and they're usually sold right away, which is a nice thing. It's just the getting over the hump of showing people. So I've tried to start making a lot more videos when possible, sure. which is tough because of privacy issues. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah. if you just say music therapy, a lot of people have these misconceptions and kind of weird assumptions that I'm doing some kind of like weird rituals and like lighting candles and stuff. You're not doing that? No. <laughs> what made you do that? At, like, not. By your, like, For my just, own just never, yeah, just never light candles I never anymore? Really I love that. it. I don't own candles. <laughs> I, I stopped buying candles. Do not invest in candles. Uh, no, so it's, um, once people do it, it's, especially with teenagers, you know, they don't necessarily want to talk to a therapist sometimes, or they don't want somebody to just go, how do you feel about this? Like, you're making bad choices, but they're totally willing to share the songs on their iPod and then maybe talk about the lyrics, write their own lyrics. You know, it's this backdoor approach. And the same thing goes, actually, for, like, the grumpy old man in the hospital that doesn't want to talk to the social worker, but he, he will definitely share what his wedding song was or, you know, what his favorite instrument is. Um, So there's a lot of that verbal therapy, but then there's also, I have sessions with um, people when there's no verbal processing at all. It's all music, the whole session, and we're just um, singing and moving to music. Have you ever done um, work with speech and stutters? Yes. Yeah. Fun that we just listened to a TED talk with Megan Washington just this last weekend, and she was saying, she just admitted she had a stutter, Mm -hmm. no one knew. And yeah. she just brought up, if you've seen the King's speech as well, you realize whenever, yeah. whenever you, for some reason, folks with stutters, they can they can sing, no problem. Yep, uh, it's, uh, it's the rhythm of it. Um, and you can see that actually in movement, too. And people with Parkinson's, they tend to freeze sometimes, and they won't be able to walk. But if you have a rhythm going, and, you know, even to a familiar song, they'll start walking in time. Really? It's this thing called right. entrainment. Um, yeah. And you can even use it in the hospital um, with people who are in a coma and unresponsive. You can match the music to their heart rate, and then after a while, speed up or slow down the music, and no their heart rate way. will just go wow. in with it. That's incredible. It's That's, wow. You know, you, you've done a lot. Um, uh, next May, May 2016, yes. you have a conference that you started yes. called Creative Health. Yes, and this will be our third year. Yes. Um, and this is part of sort of the education portion, but also the fact that there's now there's six music therapists in Maine. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> sort of spread out. And so, Those are some crazy parties, <laughs> I <I'll> tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of candles. <laughs> so I started a task force in Maine, and we're working to pass legislation to get a state license for music therapy, which in turn would hopefully help with financial coverage from insurance companies, et 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the conference is um, at USM. It's our third year. And we have art, dance, music, and psychodrama therapists who come and present to other kinds of therapists. So social workers, speech therapists, OTs, PTs, even family caregivers come. And they learn tools they can use at home since access to music therapy at this point is not always that easy. Wicked. And if you want, it's, it's an incredible uh, conference, and it just builds such such a network, especially for yeah. physicians and, and you know, Definitely. practicing um, and anybody in the medical field. It just it opens their eyes a little bit too. But uh, if you have more information, go to mainmusicandhealth.com. Yes. And um, so I got to share my bit of substance, mm -hmm. and <laughs> now we're gonna dive into yours, and we're gonna talk about our argument later. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about. Uh, a substance piece, or a, yes. more so, a composer to you that uh, a, a significant substance in classical music sure. to you. So it's actually funny. Uh, I'm excited to talk about and debate this. With okay. You guys. <laughs> so Kevin texts me and he says, "What are some pieces of classical music that you know you like?" I think you said. I think or, a, a, or have a, a, a substance to you. To you. And I, you know, I'm a little I, more eloquent than that. <laughs> what do you like? <laughs> you like songs? Me too. I Thumbs like, up. I like the music. I love the music. Bowl of rice. I don't know why, but um, those emojis. And if I had more time, I would have sort of thought about what classical music I use in, like, when I do guided imagery with cancer patients. But then, but instead, I was, you know, just off the top of my head. I named a couple pieces. That's what I wanted. And Sati was one of them. And I think he was at the forefront because actually my intern at a Parkinson's group started playing on guitar, the piece we're going to listen to today. Okay. And it brought back this sort of flood of good feelings for me. Partially, they're personal because Frank Glazier recorded a Satie album. Do you want to talk a little bit about Frank? Because Frank has been uh, a big part of your life. Yeah. So Frank is a classical pianist who died um, three weeks before his 100th birthday. And I had been working for him since he was in his uh, mid-80s. Wow. So, like, over 15 years. That's a life. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome life. Damn. Such an awesome life. So even at 99, he was still touring and giving concerts and lectures. And, and wow. Frank, Frank um, is an incredible um, just person all around. Just, just This yeah. was a main man? Main man, no yeah. Kidding. Well, yeah. Or this was, like, locally you were doing this. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. He lives in Maine for the last, I think, 25 years of his life, maybe longer. I should not say facts. That's right. Um, <laughs> he lived so in Maine. He lived in Maine. Um, and when I was in high school, I so I studied French from third grade on up, and I loved just like French culture and the language and everything. And I wrote, um, I was supposed to do a video presentation in high school, like giving a talk on a French topic in French. And I chose Satie because I was also a classical musician back then. And, and Frank was like, oh, I have a record. And he gave me this final album of him playing the music. Um, it was Frank playing Satie. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I have this sort of connection with it because of France and because of Frank. F words. And then, uh, <laughs> but then also. We know some other F words as well. But <laughs> not related to Satie. We can throw those in there. Uh, it's fine. Sure. Um, and then I started thinking when you said substance, I realized that this piece especially is, there's not a lot of substance to it. Um, as far as like throwing sounds at you, and there's actually no percussion because it's classical piano. And I realized that in a way that actually relates to music therapy because one of the big differences I had to sort of get over in transitioning from being a performer and a musician to a music therapist, which is a transition I make every morning and night, um, sort of like a superhero coat, I guess. 
Uh, a coat or a cape? Because I mean, Ooh, a yeah, cape. I think yeah. If you're gonna do a superhero, you're not gonna do a coat. Oh, if anyone that's out very, there, that's a very is, loose. Man wants to make me so, a cape. I, just side thing. Yeah. I knew I worked with a girl named Becky who she called herself an everyday superhero, and all of her clothing had small snap buttons on the shoulders what? for a cape. For ca- not just any cape, she had a cape for every occasion. She had pajama capes. She had <laughs> what? like wait, did wow. she put those on herself though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so she went through all the she effort. She went through all of her clothing, put on snap buttons, and then had capes wow. for every yeah. She and not only that, she was an engineer, so she would like disassemble diesel engines for a living. She was badass. <laughs> so she was Becky, super cool. Do us a favor and begin the clothing line. <laughs> yes. Called, so. Occupation Sorry. specific snap cape. Yeah. yeah, that was that was snap a tangent. Cape. Sorry, you can get it on. Oh, Amazon. I love it. A cape, a Kate cape. That's what I. Kate cape. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yes. I was thinking in music therapy work, the big difference is you're not like you're. You have to sort of shed your ego. You're not throwing music out there for people to enjoy. You're creating something in the moment that matches what the client needs, and sometimes that's really minimalist, just like little pieces of sound that might bring them down or bring them up. So, this piece, and I know you have a debate about... Uh, we'll talk about it after we listen to <laughs> oh, it, but okay. let's... But, so, the proper pronunciation is French. I, in the American I sense is gymnopedie, <laughs> but it's... Yeah, I think it's... I don't know. Do gym, you know? You, you, you speak French. French. Well, let me, how is it spelled? G Y M. The part that's confusing me is the E-D-I-E-S at the end, because I'm not completely sure. I think it's singular. No. I believe so. I, if I, there's an E at the end. So Jim, oh, May I see you, it? yes, just take it and look. Uh, Jim the Piddy? Jim the Piddy. But there's Jim also an Jim accent. Okay, well, I don't know how to do that on, on a phone. <laughs> anyway. Right, for all the French people listening, we apologize for the pronunciation. <laughs> Maybe you can call it. But it, this is uh, Jim the Piddy. Is that close? Sure. Close enough. Close yeah, enough. Good, uh, good number one, his first one um, by, by Eric Satie. Eric with a K and then Satie, S-A-T. I e. Oui. <laughs> Which for the longest C'est time bon. I thought I can. <laughs> Le songe sur la branche. I mean, the monkey's on the branch. Anyway, on that note, uh, take a listen to Eric's teaser, Jean Le Petit, number one.
I'm gonna admit, like, we... it was. It's a beautiful piece. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful piece. However, I have a very hard time with classical piano on its own oh. as a listener. Which is interesting because Mom does as well, and she is, is a, pianist. a pianist. Yeah, pianist or pianist? A pianist. pianist. There it is again. <laughs> I, I, either way, I think, I think mine sounds. going to sound a bit more controversial. On, on it is. Yeah. No, that's how it's said though. Pianist. We're gonna have to pianist. click that pianist. explicit content. Yeah, nobody ever says I know. I just want to say it. The, Anyway, Diana, uh, but I want to I want to strike out this debate. So, okay. Eric Satie as a composer. I'm going to do I, more I, substance. I, yes, you are, very and you're going to do a great job at it. Yeah, let me know Proud whatever you. you guys need. No, 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 no. I'll tell uh, you guys off with the draft or. Uh, one thing I, I I just I can't listen to classical piano on its own, in in general, and maybe it's because I'm a. I'm what a, about the rock? You can pound well, like the rock two or the rock. But rock two is with the orchestra. But See, I need, I need, I need, <laughs> I need substance. I have a question. I need to. Well, uh, have you ever played piano? I I can fake, but okay. So actually, I'll tell you my stupid backstory. <laughs> I played, I played keys in my high school cover band called Gen Z. Oh. We were G E N Z I. We were a cover band named after my friend's mom. <laughs> and Gen Z, they cut Gen Z. If you ever listen to this, I thank you for the keychain you made us. She made us all wow. keychains with our names engraved on the back. Wow! She, and her son, her son wasn't even in the band. <laughs> she, she's an amazing woman. We she have to, is. We have to shout uh, but I played. But my background in piano was that like I played like the chords in the rhythm of the guitar player. Oh wow! Which was the worst. <laughs> Choice in the That's world. One way to do it. It was embarrassing. <laughs> so anyway, I I appreciate classical. I mean, I appreciate piano utterly. It, it takes huh. such a skill set that I can never understand. Yeah. And it's beautiful. But when it comes to sitting and listening to classical mm. piano, I have a hard time with it. Um, and also, wow. I know. I'm sorry. I'm crushing dreams right now. I no, not at all. So I think. Hmm. No, I I appreciate other views on music, especially. That's good. You can job. say what you mean. You can tell them the shit. But up. also, okay. <laughs> my thought is, uh, I think yeah, I think personal experience has a lot to do with it. And so, you know, I'm a drummer, obviously, and started on drum set, and now play percussion mostly. But I also grew up with a grandmother who was a classical pianist, and then obviously Frank, and I had a piano in my house my whole life, and was so drawn to it, and was just always sitting and and playing and so maybe that's why and I maybe, feel like maybe the piano has conditional? so much soul I mean, inside it it's like so maybe you it's, played oh, a really out of tune piano or something what about the people that go into <laughs> that, that can walk into a bar and just you know there's always some bar out there with like a dive with a, with an upright piano in the in the corner and some person can just walk in like our buddy Jimmy can do that like, like uh, it's like the coolest thing ever and yeah, you know it's play, you know? Uh, my mom put me in a, my next door neighbor was a brilliant pianist um, growing up and He's my so mom cool. tried to get me to take lessons through her and I like I got through like the basic songs and I was like forget this I'm lucky enough that I did you know I, I can read music and I, I did play music um, uh, through you know fifth grade on but I my uh, it was a different you know it's bass guitar uh, and um, you know the jazz combos and, and pep band and all that stuff and which phenomenal time and I don't play a lot now but I can still read music and it is like another language but I so I'm lucky that I have that with relation to what we're talking about but like man I am so 
that's one of the greatest regrets of my life is I didn't continue to because yeah that is the coolest thing just to be able to yeah. sit down and tickle some ivories is fucking I awesome I love that term I wish I could yeah. tickle the ivories <laughs> it's my, one of my favorite terms in the world I, I just wish I had that, uh, that skill and I, and, like, I, can, I can fake my way like, I can play chords I, can, I can't ever play a left hand and a right hand thing at the same time but if you, it's just not an option for but me but if you can be that guy that comes in and just plays the, 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 you know, the maple leaf rag or something like that even something as cliche oh it's as awesome that, it's, it's and the, I, piano, I, the piano, too, like, you know, you can play any piece of music. Mm-hmm. Anything, it's it's literally like the lexicon of all music. Yeah. All these scale or all these octaves right in front of you, you can play anything. I think yeah. it's a good and way that's to what's, learn. Yeah, yeah. The Siri is sort of laid out in front of yeah. you. Very easy. I, yeah. I, I fully true, appreciate it, and I love it. And I, and I love, especially I love piano in collaboration with other instruments. I mean, I love. So what about if that this piece were played for string quartet? Is it oh. just the instrument? Oh. Like? I actually think it's it's the solo piano, and I don't. Huh. It's nothing against it. I just I don't think I ever connected with it. Yeah. Like I mean I mean I guess as a, as you connected as, as you know through piano, I connected as a string player with the string pieces. I mean, but I love sonatas. I love cello piano sonatas. Um, I love hearing. We, we talked earlier about rock rock off too, but backed by the orchestra. It just I mean and rock off just when it comes to piano oh. is the greatest thing. Yeah. Um, Some of my favorite music. The oh, Iguzman yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jew. Yeah. Do you know the comedy duo? Yeah. If you guys, Iguzman and Jew, there is this uh, J O O, not J E W. It's weird. That's a whole different thing. Um, but they had this this comedy duo. But uh, the, one of their things is Rachmaninoff has big hands. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. And basically, like they're playing these pieces. And so they can't reach the stretches of the fingers, so they have these wooden blocks of wood, and you press down the keys, you toss it back, and the next guy finds a new next block of wood that has, like, you press it down, and it hits the keys in the right place. Uh, he had a massive... He was massive. Yeah. Like a tenth or something. Uh, it was, anyway, you, so... You found a... You found I found a this remix. Uh, oh, I'm gonna no. Am I? <laughs> wow! Thanks, thanks for the support. The uh, body. <laughs> oh, not that kind of. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Rudimental. Anyway, Rudimental. So I found this. Yeah. Oh goodness, we're going <laughs> to, in the deep end here. So I found this remix of the same piece we just this heard. Is really um, <laughs> by Michael Deep House and the uh, Moolah was involved, and it's um. Uh, it got me. It took this same melody and key concept and almost that same feel, and and made it in a much more, I guess, commercial sense. Huh. Okay. To to be able to to listen to it in in a different different um, facet. Does Latino about this? Not yet. He's he's dead. <laughs> he's very dead. He's uh, he's been dead for a while. At least at it's least at least two right years. So uh, check out the, this remix with the same uh, Eric Satie piece we heard. Jindopedi. Uh, ah, we. We. But yeah, but take a listen. The accent of Agu. Thank you. 
All right, so um, you can choose whether you want to like whichever version. Uh, anyway. The first one. The first one. <laughs> but, uh, to be fair, I like all music. and so the, All music? The, the, okay, and I brought this episode one. Nickelback, even? Okay, for, so I shouldn't say I like. They've all come music. on the radio before, and I haven't turned it. I understand that there is <laughs> really? a purpose for all music. There in we the go. World, That's where it is. Each person has their own relationship to the music that they like, and I respect uh, that. There always. it is. But like Celine Dion is reserved for torturing people at Gitmo or forty-five or something <laughs> like that. Like Kevin promises to never play Nickelback. Super cool. I mean, we can crack the can too, but I just figured. Just to give you guys an idea, again, we're sitting at this this beautiful bar, uh, surrounded by. Stainless steel vats of, of, of beer and and Pete is now <laughs> is Pete is now pouring us these 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 just brilliant little glasses of of, of, uh, of beer straight out of the tap. Are you having some? Uh, Who did the artwork? Um, you want a beer? Yeah. All right, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Kate's been Kate's been dry to this point. Kate's been dry, uh, which is fair for. Well, she has to do things. She has an engagement later. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really drink. I have a beer dinner so later. You don't really <laughs> drink. Not a lot. That involves. So came gonna, on the wrong podcast. But I'm going to try. This. Do you want to go on the? Uh, <laughs> you don't. You don't need to drink that if you oh, like. Oh no, no, I, I'll no it's okay. It's it's fine. <laughs> this is Bach to water. It's also funny because I I go to Coffee by Design almost daily, and I also don't really like coffee. We walked in. So it's, um, a, it's a theme. How's it going? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Oh, you're good. Just doing a little podcast here. Don't mind us. <laughs> so is that delicious? Yeah. <laughs> right? We're going to get to that in a second. Um, actually, we're going to get to it now? Oh, my gosh. There's the a puppy. Right here. to the reciprocal? Oh, there's, there's a, a puppy. There's a puppy. Oh, dog. That's called the dog. We were talking about how awesome our brothers are. Well, we, yeah, we were. T- so oh, yeah, that's it. The, the kind of the overarching brothers. theme here, without us knowing, is 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 collaboration between siblings. Brothers. So we've yeah, got siblings, we've yeah. got the Bissell brothers, we've got the Oast brothers, uh, Kate and her the brother. The Beaver brothers. Why well, you a brother? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about that for a second? No. <laughs> so, uh, just one brother, yeah. Older brother. So the so the collaboration of brothers and mm-hmm. and and. He, Growing up, Matt and I did not get oh, along. Oh, we were awful. Oh. I, well, no, 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 I was we awful. We talked about this. I was awful. You were awful, but I also did. You remember those lap plastic desks that you used for art projects? And yeah. you, you had yeah. a little... I, I hit him in the face with one of those ones. Yeah, I saw the scar on it. <laughs> yeah. You can just feel it. Like, uh, um... I mean, that was last week. It's harsh. Did you guys <laughs> no. ever encounter rough spots on the collaboration to, to the brewery? Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Growing up, we were, you know, there was, you know, we got along great. There's, uh, we're five and a half years apart. Uh, no, I'm sorry, six years. Um, yeah, six, six years apart. Six and a half, I think. Um, <laughs> I've never, like, I've, going or well, well, I've, never, I've never really, like, laid it out. Apart? I was born in uh, August 1983, <laughs> and Noah was born in December oh, 1989. Wait, 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 wait. When, when in August? Uh, 10th. Oh, August 23rd. 23rd. Oh, yeah. Nice. Great year. Toto wrote Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great it. year. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's the only fact. No, we definitely, um, um, we, and you know what, uh, forming the business was very collaborative and um, relatively, in retrospect, smooth. Um, but when we opened, we did clash on, on some things. And I think in retrospect now, because I mean, we're, we're, we get along great now. And when we opened, I think both of us, no one knew what a, it was our first business partnership ever. Yeah. And it, it's a different relationship than being a sibling with someone yeah. for your whole life. Yeah. Um, and I think it took, it took a while. Uh, it was never, we were never at each other's throats day in, day out, but there was a fair amount of arguing for the first year over just how things were going to go. And uh, um, like, uh, I communicate differently than Noah. Yeah. I'm, you know, 
because I was doing sales at the time, I was on the phone all the time. I was I was ready. If you called me, I had my phone in my hand or text me. I was there. And no, it was not that way. You know, uh, it was times where I was hard for me to get a hold of him when I needed questions answered. And um, and uh, you know, I, I. But he was out here. We had to make the beer, the very core of the business. He was starting off on two and all this equipment. We didn't, you know, so many breweries open up and it's people, the workers are from other breweries that have experience in the industry. We had nothing. We were new and we had nothing. Yeah. So all this stuff, I mean, this, in, in retrospect now, I look out into this brew house behind us and I don't even like, I barely even notice any of the stuff. But like, when this stuff came in, it was very intimidating. You know, you're, you're, you're bringing water to 190 degrees in a huge tank and, and yeah, transferring yeah. that and yeah. uh, all this stuff. And we had to, make money you know we had spent all our money it was do or die we had to make money and that fear that clearly gripped us both I dealt with it differently and Noah dealt with it differently and I was just kind of like this steamroller like yeah like answer my answer my calls do this and that like you know what are we doing I was very intense and he he was just as afraid as I was but he was just dealing with it differently and I think that led to a lot of clashes um, but again it, it's you've been brothers all your life and you know how to you know how to do that. Business partners are different. You know, um, it was a t it, we had to kind of relearn how to have a relationship in a different way. And it, and it takes more patience. It yeah, takes, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of you know a lot of I don't know, but uh, yeah. Um, turn, so turning it's, it off and on. Turn, yeah, yeah. To, 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 to yeah. between the end of the workday and then okay, we're brothers now. But like everything else, it's just been a, it was a great learning experience, and we're great. I mean, we, we know how the other one works now. And it just goes, it's just easier. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely a learning curve. In addition to all we were dealing with with work, we had to learn how to like operate as a team on a different landscape. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just look at all this stuff as a learning experience and um, take, take from it. And I know how he works and how he thinks. And I, I, I approach him in that manner. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I come to him with stuff in that manner. And he knows how I, I am too. And we... Um, I thought being a business partner would mean like every day we're we're in we're kind of working together and this and that, and it's very we work a, we, a lot of what we do is very independent. You know, and we same work, with us. That's no, what we, yeah, we don't, started, I mean, especially yeah. like you know we take different roles. Is that you know Matt's taking care of a lot of the social media end of it things, and and I've been working a lot of the programming end of things. But you no, know, for until about someone like two weeks ago, really, we 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 decided that we would instead of just throwing ideas out twenty four seven, it was like okay, we're going to sit down seven thirty over morning coffee and, 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 and we're going to and plan talk out. What we need yeah. to talk about and and, 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 and definitely you, you learn your roles and you learn your how to, how to work with a sibling and that's and that's something that that's huge because I, you know, I'm very stubborn. I'm really stubborn and I don't yeah. like I don't like I don't, I don't take well to other people's ideas, yeah. which is really conceited of me. Um, but yeah, I don't like that too. It's <laughs> needs a backbeat. So that wrong <laughs> needs a backbeat. That's my third album right there. Backbeat. Anyway, um, but it, it definitely you, you learn how to not argue but work through problems. And yeah. like you yeah. know, I think being siblings and growing up, you have that innate. It, it's ingrown. It's ingrown with you. And so, like, yeah. Kate, I'm, I'm curious. Like, you know. Like you and your brother. Yeah, and I don't know if it's different because we are a girl boy sibling and they we might. don't wrestle. Are you are you older? Or we don't wrestle younger. either. You're younger. Younger. He would destroy me. I weigh like I yeah. <laughs> I can lift five pounds total. <laughs> Combined weight. Um, yeah, we we have always gotten along very well. I was not very nice to him for a short What's period. What's the age gap? Four years. Okay. 
Um, but I regret it and have apologized multiple times for picking on him. I've never apologized uh, again. Ah, well, <laughs> now is your chance in front of the world. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but, uh, we, we live far away, so we don't get to collaborate a lot. But we have talked about um, recording like pieces of music and sending them back and adding on via the internet. Right. Um, and we did write a song together for his baby this year. In no the, way. In the Lullaby oh. Project. A lo- with with, the if you don't know what the Lullaby Project is, Kate was yeah. part of this. Yeah. It's a, a project they gave to... To mothers, um, was it teenage or at-risk mothers mothers, um, within Southern Maine and and the Portland area specifically, where they collaborate with local artists, nice, um, and they and they wrote these lullabies for their own specifically their children. And then they went to the Halo Recording Studio where we did our first episode and and recorded these these lullabies, had a mix, and then they had a formal concert at Space Gallery, I believe. No, Port City. Port City City Music Hall in Portland, where they they actually performed their lullabies. And and the mothers sang? Some of the mothers sang, and some chose to have uh, Sarah Halley Richardson sing. But it gives these these at-risk mothers this personal connection to their kids. Yeah, that's incredible. Beautiful, beautiful idea, um, and really... An irreplaceable gift. A a truly unique gift. That's awesome. And for someone who deserves it yeah uh, we uh, just to just to talk about we've moved on we, we started with the substance ale from Bissell Brothers we've moved on now to the reciprocal ale uh, which is which is brewed from a, a set of hops from the southern hemisphere is that that's right? right yep Australian there we go so what there's there's a couple of Aussies who might be listening to this <laughs> if so man dude you're I actually the more I listen to Hi, it you're guys, ax- how the fuck are you uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is brewed with a, a new hop down there called Vic's Secret, and uh, it's Vicks. it um, it it uh, Vic's vapor rubber. The whole thing. I if you know beer at all, this this again is another beer that is super distinct. Nothing. There's nothing yeah. that tastes like this, and it, it's um, the, the the just the uh, the terroir and like the the flavor or not the flavor the uh, the 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 soil biochemistry yeah. and the growing conditions are just different for so many different reasons down there, and it, it manifests itself in these beers that, you know, Ella, um, which is the, one of the main hops in Baby Genius, um, and then this has, a, this is Vic Secret, Topaz, and Summer. And I, I want to go back, you spent a Baby Genius, was it your own child that was on the logo? On the no, my niece, um, niece? Uh, oh, okay. uh, one of my nieces, I have two nieces and two nephews, um, one of my nieces is named Ella. And cool. she she walked early. Oh no, she started talking early, and so everyone in the family called her the baby genius for a minute. Uh, that's awesome. And her name is is the is the same name as the main hop in uh, Baby Genius. So that's oh very cool. cool. That's great. People see my son Felix walking around out here, and they say, "Oh, it's the baby genius." Well, kind of. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I he'll get it. he'll get his own. He'll beer. take the compliments while you can. <laughs> he'll get his own beer at some uh, point. But, I think. But, but, no. but back to reciprocal. Um, it, it's got this great cloudy look, and and again, you know, Pete was talking earlier about. Purists thinking one way or the other about how uh, beer should look, and 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 one one of the great pairings of classical music and beer is that there there are these these purists in each, which they you know they can just go you know take a walk on a on a, on a short plank. Um, <laughs> beca- oh, beca- that's not a long walk. <laughs> so you know, the, the bottom line with with classical music with beer with with pretty much anything is if you enjoy it, that's really what matters We're, right now we are enjoying some some absolutely brilliant yeah. beer well the, the the this you you mentioned that this beer is dedicated to our our core customers to our reciprocal as you mentioned earlier yeah oh yeah. right right uh, because again it, it's a celebration of that relationship where you go out on a limb with something that's distinct and unique you will get some detractors, you will get some haters, but like, it's almost, 
kind of like a necessary sign. Like if you're doing something and some people aren't pissed off about it, you're not like eliciting that emotional response that yeah that you need. You know, like the worst thing for a beer or for anything to be right now is is, is that someone's ambivalent about it. Yeah, they could take it or leave it. Not anymore. You, you can't have that. that. You can't have that. No. You, you've, people have to care one way or another. Yeah. Oh, so, um, so this is a celebration to all the people that again line up every day and and you know speak and, our praises and, and spread our gospel. So. And, and the reciprocal is is, is is phenomenal. It's a rye IPA. Uh, that, that's Lux. Uh, uh, yeah, my, yeah. my apologies. Reciprocal is uh, IPA uh, with uh, again just so deliberately hops, yeah. um, with so- Southern Hemisphere hops, which again uh, the harvest is different, so it comes in in May as opposed to. Uh, you know, October of for the U.S. hops, yes. and um, uh, no, we're, we're, we're psyched, and we, we contracted enough that we do one one twenty barrel batch of reciprocal every month, so we have it every month. Awesome. Do you have a favorite you've made? Ooh, good question. Way to bring that to the table. By the way, there's also a great dog. There's a great dog. Oh, uh, Kelsa dog. Kelsa? Yeah, it's my brother's dog, and uh, and Hester, our, our general manager. They just walked in a few minutes ago. Yeah, we, we should, yeah, we should mention that that, that Noah, yeah. we we kept referring to Noah throughout the the podcast. Noah just walked Noah through. Noah is yeah, the yeah. other Bissell yeah. brother in, in, in the. Well, again, it's a testament to what I was talking about earlier. You know, we just kind of operate independently. We definitely collaborate on everything we need to, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, he didn't know about this. <laughs> I didn't know he was coming out on a Sunday. No, not open. Sorry, yeah. Um, um, and yeah, they're they're great dog, Kelsa. Really, really, just a great dog. Um, I'm not a pet owner, um, but um, just a good dog. Uh, doesn't get into anything. Hangs out here all day. But um, I would say my favorite boy. I you know what I I don't know. But I like them all for different reasons. Cool. Uh, I mean, well, that's not a good enough answer. Um, <laughs> I think I think our favorite beer, or my my favorite beer is Lux. It's uh. Well, you know, I say that, man. Substance and I—they're all killer. No, substance and I've been through so much. It's got—it it can't not be substance, man. Substance was everything. It's—it was—it's the reason we're here. Um, I, I, I go long periods of time without having it, and then I'll crack a can, especially after having other beer, because you you your palate gets ingrained with like our flavor profile. Yeah. And I, do, I definitely think we have a house taste, which is good. I think yeah. it, it speaks to the equipment and, like, our water chemistry. Yeah. Um, I think I love when breweries have, like, oh, you taste and oh, this tastes. Like, Maine Beer Company has a definite house yes. taste, too. Yeah. Um, but if I've gone a while without having it or, like, have not drank beer in a while or, like, have, have drank other beers and I have a substance, I'm like, man, I can't believe this is ours. Yeah. So it's got, it's got, to, be, it's got to be the granddaddy. Well, before diving into our last piece, um, uh, you have by the time it actually comes out, this podcast you'll have Angel of Filthy Souls coming out the porter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be out in December, yep, so. Yep. Um, well, that's a quick plug on that. Um, this is like the biggest deviation from our mission of eliciting new hot flavors in different beers. Angels with Filthy Souls 2015 is a, you know, Noah has been studying and researching this for months. It's going to be a, a big porter, eight percent, made with um, wow. I think a two gallons. Of maple syrup per barrel. Oh uh, no, no, it's got to be more than that. I saw the, the they picked the syrup up uh, the other day. All these canisters of it in the other room. Oh. Um, so it's going to be a maple syrup porter, rich, creamy, you know, complex, Perfect delicious. For um, and uh, we have a couple barrels that 
aged maple syrup, which we made brunch in my house this morning with the barrel aged maple syrup, and oh. it is, you want to talk about liquid crack. I mean, this is, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, and uh, we're going to barrel age some of the, the porter in barrels that age maple syrup. Oh, my God. Um, and we'll release that, like, around the, the sap collection season, like in March or April. Uh, but, yeah, Angels of Filthy Souls, uh, December 19th. Uh, it's a Saturday. Uh, brewery open house. We play Home Alone 1 and 2, which is where <laughs> Angels with Filthy Souls, Souls is a movie yeah. within a movie um, in Home Alone. Uh, you know. You change of Filthy Yes, everyone, it's, it's well known. Um, that's what the title comes from. Uh, it was a totally different beer last year. Um, so we'll do all cans on December 19th and blow it out. It'll be a fun day out here. And, uh, yeah, we come on out. That's, that'd be a good day to come to the brewery. Awesome. So we've got this, this piece that we've been, we've been dying to put on the podcast ever since we, we started this, um, all those three episodes ago. One of my favorite pieces of all time. Um, this, this, is, this is a piece called Dan Zone Number 2. It's by a guy named Marquez. He's Mexican. Uh, and he was born in 1950, so this guy is still alive today. Again, classical music <laughs> classical music is not full of just old dead guys wearing wigs. It's, you know, it, it, it's contemporary, it's modern. Um, I first played this piece in 90... It's going to be 98, 97. something like that. So this piece was composed in the early 90s, and I didn't realize this until we were researching this. But this, this was, So this guy named Marquez, Arturo Mon- Marquez, Composed, uh, uh, I think it's like it was five, a series of dance yeah, it's, yeah. it's five dance yeah. in in the in the early nineties, um, about the same time as uh, you know, Mexican composer. Well, yeah, he's Mexican, uh, so he's basically the the ace of bass of Mexican <laughs> classical music. He he, you know, the One other the first albums I had on compact disc. Hey, Ace of Base, <laughs> compact disc. <laughs> <laughs> are crushing it. Yeah, well, what's the what's the meme going around? It's like if you like the pencil and the cassette tape. If you don't know what the combination of these two is, <laughs> oh, yeah. you were born after like yeah. 1995 or, or something. Or later, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but um, but Don's on number two was number two was his. Hit. All that she wants hit. is another baby. Like that was that was his <laughs> hit. We performed this in the but late nineties. Like, hold on, before you go farther, way better, way better than. Oh, that's your Oh, yeah. Hey, oh, hey, wow. hey. Okay. Don't bring Ace of Base down. I am. Uh, when you compare it to Marquez, absolutely. <laughs> but, but so this this piece is, is an absolute epic piece. It, it's so much fun to play. It's so much fun to listen to. Um, I first played it in the late 90s. It was it was played by the Simone Bolivar Youth Orchestra, uh, concert, uh, conducted by Gustavo Dudamel, who is... Who is my, my, my all-time idol. If you guys have been watching the YouTube videos, you know that he not only has amazing hair... But he's also one of the most brilliant conductors of all time. He became um, uh, music director of the L.A. Philharmonic at 26. You serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he went from See, the Simón Bolívar Youth Orchestra in Venezuela to becoming the music director of the L.A. Phil. Hashtag crushing it. <laughs> um, so, wow. So, just, oh, but, but I said this to Kate earlier. <laughs> yeah, we'll post it on the website, but watch the video of Dudamel conducting this yeah and literally he is the definition of stank face when he it's like a, it's so good he has the stank face it's, it's, it's and, and like he crushes the stank face and let alone his, his interpretation of the piece so we, we got this Marquez going the first time I um, the first time I, I played this it was it was under a conductor named Francisco Noya who was Venezuelan from Caracas and this guy looks like a Bond villain. He's amazing. He's a, he's a professor at Berkeley. He is. If he, if he, if he ever listens to this, uh, I miss you, buddy. Um, he is just bald with a goatee. I and think Mr. Clean, but with a goatee. Yeah, like Seriously. a Spanish Mr. Clean, Venezuelan Mr. Clean. And he, um, 
and he he conducted it full on with like the like the hip shaking and everything. Have a listen to it. It starts out with the clarinet solo, just this really seductive, you know, kind of you can picture smoke lingering in the air, and then it just goes into these great Latin rhythms, and well, and the beginning, the clarinet solo, the beginning, yeah, is whoever thought. Whoever thought a that clarinet could clarinet ever be, be sexy. sexy? No, it, it, you know. Hey, hey, hey now. Hey, you're a percussionist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just standing up for my clarinet friends. So right. here it is. This is this is Denzel number two by our Arturo Marquez. We're gonna keep having the re- oh, oh. wow hiccup or burp or what was hiccups? That? Yeah, we're gonna keep having the uh, the uh, reciprocal, reciprocal missile brothers yeah. reciprocal. And uh, while you guys have a listen to this, we're gonna come back to you after the Denzel number two. Here it is.
take it oh, the first oh. <laughs> Hey. Hey. What? I mean, okay, if, 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 yeah, that's if, sex. if you don't have, like, in the form of a tingling, piece. if you don't have tingling in your balls after that piece, then that's well, something you don't have any, don't. Oh. Just, or the end of that Can is I retract just... my participation? Nope. Sorry. No, no, so no, no, we're no. at the end of the episode, and of course, if you have to listen to the last two ones, uh, we always have our speed round of questions. <laughs> First of all, we have to, we just recognize the fact that you have now just lost an hour of your life that you can't get back anymore, so. Sorry. And, and that's a personal decision on your part, and that's your fault. <laughs> so. so I hope um, you're getting to done. Like. This is the speed round, and this is the first speed round we've done with, with multiple guests. Yeah, so we're we're gonna lay down some rules here. We're gonna lay out the question, and then if someone says an answer that you were thinking of, you can't just go, oh yeah, what they were saying. You gotta come up with a different one. Okay. Oh, and this Lord. is all gut instinct, which is whatever comes yep. off the top of your head. Okay. Will, uh, will Kate answer each one first? No, whoever answers no, first and whoever it's, answers next. I, okay, I, I, great, I, I, great. So you can't say, that, can't say I agree. All right, okay. the tough questions. All right, this, I yell at the numbers. Matt asks, asks the question. You yell at your answer. Okay. Just going right. back to brotherly collaboration. Okay. Here we go. Number one. Uh, what is the least sexy instrument? Harpsichord. Oh, wow. Um... <laughs> Timpani. Okay, number two. Oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. Number two. You've got a percussionist. Yeah. What instrument do you wish you played? Cello. Piano. Okay. Oh, wow, that was wow. fast. Thank you. You're my favorite. Answer. Number three. If you could arm wrestle any composer. Or composer or, or, or famous musician. Yeah, famous musician. would it be? Corpse. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Stop. My cursive is a, it's a little bit. Okay, if you arm wrestle any composer, any composer or famous musician, who, who would you would wrestle? Arm wrestle. Arm wrestle? Arm wrestle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and why? And why? This is important. <laughs> really? That's, that's. I would arm wrestle Mozart because I think I could win. Wasn't his fam? Wasn't he like sick? Oh, he was a pansy. Yeah, he had yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He was the one where his family traveled around, right? Yeah, and, he, and his dad was like a hard ass, he's like, a "We gotta play, boy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, gotta play, boy. Yeah, yeah I'd knock, yours, I'd knock him down uh, a peg or two. Debussy, because he'd probably be like, he'd feel bad for me, and then he'd, he'd let me win. Debussy. <laughs> Debussy. For everybody who thinks that classical music, classical composers are boring, I mean, there there are just STDs and 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 drama. Incest is so much involved. Oh. Yeah, it's not good things all the time. The days of our lives is nothing next to the okay. last 200 years of classical class musicianship. Okay, number four. Uh, what is the most badass piece of music you've ever heard? And this can be not just classical, but just you know, rock, anything. anything. Oh, boy. Jeez. Just first thing that comes to your head. Don't look at me. I'm going to drink beer what you got. I have my answer. Oh. What, Nickelback? I mean, Kate, you got to leave this off. It would be something in Led Zeppelin. Really? Yeah. Good choice. Um, but I can't decide. That's which ACDC. One. I think oh, Ramblon is hey, Wow. There. Was it? Ramblon. Oh, oh, yeah. Re- yeah right. That's badass to you? Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful piece. Because it, builds... it starts off with acoustic guitar. Hey, hey, it's a nice little riff. Hey, I told hey, you not to judge. Answer. You know, okay. you need to judge work on your, right on your judgment. Hey, what do you uh, the, the most you badass piece of music ever written. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just whatever comes to your head. Um... I'm trying to think of like the first time I was moved. Um, boy, um, the most badass piece of music ever written. A lot of things are in my head. Uh, I know this is a speed round. I should just answer. Um, <laughs> um, and then Kevin will judge you. you know? yeah. yeah. I already am. Uh, the most epic thing that still like kind of brings tears to my eyes is the Star Wars theme. Oh, the Star Wars, the whole, yeah, yeah, the, the whole theme thing. Theme. I mean, man, you know, like when... 
You, it, it goes from scary, you know, the Empire shows the Death Star. Here's the, the Imperial March. Oh, this sucks. I would used to like hide on the landing of our stairs when like Darth Vader would take his mask off. But then like when the full thing comes in and the Millennium Falcon is doing its thing, it's oh, like, yeah. yes, yes, you just want to stand up like, ah, there is good in the world. <laughs> That's a that way better That's a answer. good answer. That's a good answer. It made you look like an amateur. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have the music degree. I'm sorry. <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So here, this, this, this my is favorite branching out. Think outside the My favorite key in the room. Number five. What instrument do you feel is best suited to wilderness survival? Think about it. I'm going to let you answer first so I can hunting try one up. To, you will. You know, Wilderness survival? Yeah, just think. Um, What's the most versatile? Um, I mean, you could do a lot with a, with a, uh, is it a viola, a bass viola, bass violin? Uh, yeah, viola, viola, yeah. Yeah, that, there's strings that you can construct things with and a ton of wood to fashion spears and then some to use for warmth. That's, that's so, a okay. solid answer. It's a, is, is it a bass, right. is it a bass violin or There's no other thing. It's just bass. Wait, so there's violin, viola, cello, bass. Bass, okay. Yeah, bass, bass. biggest of all. Yeah, yeah, not probably bass. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. My answer yes. is a gigantic bass drum from a rock kit because you can sleep inside it for warmth. You can take out the parts that... The, the like sharp rods and you can stab animals with it God. and then you can chop wow. it up for wood if you can start fighting. Holy she crushed you. You, you can guys. get you can get Damn. she crushed me, you can't get inside to a bass drum. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, like, what, like a, but like a marching band like doom, doom. there's a hole inside oh, there's it. So you can probably so yeah. you guys have just just topped the other two <laughs> but uh, Matt, come on, you're dropping things. Okay, okay. And then final but which is my favorite question of the whole round. I, question number six. Hmm. What Muppet Best defines you. Animal. Duh. Wow. <laughs> Me play drums. <laughs> um, <laughs> <have we met? laughs> ah, it's the best voice to do. Well, I'm the old man in the balcony. Oh no. Wait, oh, no or, that's or, Kevin. Did you hear about the church that burned down? Holy smokes! Because oh! <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I tend to be fearful and negative at the outset of things, but really I'm just a good guy. Aww. <laughs> That was nice. That's really that's really touching, actually. That was good. All right. So listen, thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for an awesome third episode of Bach to Bach. Just to, to like both these guys. Yeah. On, on please Facebook, check out Instagram. Yeah. We, check out Bissell Brothers through social media. Kate, are you on social media? I'd love I am, to. And you have a good Instagram. I was just. Oh, thanks. Saying. What's your yeah. Instagram? I'd love to it's follow a you. Miss B M M T. Miss B M M T. And if, too. And if you want to check out Bissell Brothers, it's W W W. Dot Bissell Brothers. That's two S's, two S's, two S's, two, two, S's, two, S's, two L's. Uh, like I, I've done this my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Bissell, B-I-S-S-E-L-L, -L, like the vacuum cleaner. Um, two S's, two L's. It is so often miswritten. Oh, um, but you know what? It could be worse. It could be mispronounced. And I think it's fairly easy to pronounce. Fairly easy to pronounce, yeah. yeah. But, um, well, thank you guys. But please, thank great. you so much. Yeah. Thank oh. you, Bissell Brothers. Awesome. Thank you, Pete. Thank great you, Katie from Main Music and Health. Uh, you can check out BissellBrothers.com. Um, and uh, mainmusicandhealth.com. And, uh, and please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We, we judge our the, own self-worth by the number of likes that we have. Yes, so, yeah. uh, so right now, we don't have a lot of self-esteem. Yeah. It's fine, though. What's your uh, Instagram? I'm adding all, everyone right now. Bach to Bach. B-A-C-H-T-O-B-O-C-K. And feel free to call in and tell us how to pronounce gymnoperies. Yeah. Yes. If you and know the proper French pronunciation, people, yes. please yeah. do that uh, and let us know. But uh, tune in next week, uh, next next episode, where... We'll be featuring the music of John Williams in prep oh. for Star Wars. It's going to be coming out. Oh, right what a coincidence. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, let's raise our glasses, Cheers. guys. Woo. Another excellent episode.
Cheers, cheers, cheers. Ding, ding. <laughs> and where we put the echo and classical. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks again, guys. Cheers. Thank cheers. you.